Welcome, Dr. Courtney. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. It's great to be here. Yeah, we, um, you know, we get some pretty amazing women on this podcast, and I'm so excited to hear a little bit more about your story, where you came from, and how you got to where you are today. I mean, personally, me being a single mom for a period of time um, and seeing where I am today, I get, I'm super proud of myself for my accomplishments, but I think, you know, telling that story sort of over and over again, regardless of whether that's a pivotal moment or not in your life, I think that, you know, um, like we were talking about before recording, women, normal pe- women who perceive themselves as normal like to know that even them too could be, you know, a top 100 healthcare leader or a CEO or start their own business or, you know, whatever it is, or have a family of five, whatever their goals are. So I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Well, thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, it's It's been quite the ride. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So that being said, I, you know, we haven't done much of an intro for you. So would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are, where you come from, that sort of thing? Sure. Um, so my name is Courtney Baker and I am, um, I started my adult journey as a single teenage mom and I was on Medicaid and food stamps six months after my, uh, after I graduated high school. And, um, Fast forward through a failed marriage to, I call it my trial marriage, um, to my first husband who was bipolar and um, put myself through college, uh, got it, got my master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology, and decided pretty quickly um, after graduation that I was done being an undervalued employee and that that was not going to be the path that I was going to stay on for the rest of my life. And I was 28. So, you know, I knew everything because who doesn't at 28 and um, decided it was right after September 11th. It was 2003. Um, the economy was in the toilet. I had just gotten remarried and we were I'm expecting uh, probably within, this was like November of 2002, and then my daughter was born in July of 2003, and I opened the doors of my new company on October 27th, 2003, and when we opened, it was just me with 10 little patients, um, and I was going to do pediatric home health so drive around all over the Dallas area, which is where I'm from, um, to do therapy with little kids with disabilities. And today, the little company that shouldn't has grown into an eight-figure um, national enterprise that is um, has the privilege of having served over 50,000 children with special needs in the last 16 years. And we have about 600 employees. And um, yeah, and I was named Texas Businesswoman of the Year. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. So you started up this little company. Why do you say it was a little company that shouldn't have, like it, you know, like the little train that could? Why do you say that? Yeah, because I was told by a business consultant not to do it three times. And basically I was like, okay, well, thanks for your opinion. I didn't ask for that. Are you going to help me or not? (laughs) 
and uh, he, I don't know if it was pity or he needed the money, but he was like, all right, I'll, you're not going away. So I'll, I guess I'll help you. That's amazing. So I um just, you know, just to align with you a little bit on that, I work with organizations to build more effective workplaces and I talk about stress a lot. So, you know, we were talking again about how I have two podcasts, right? I have people, trauma and stress discussed in this one. And um, I like to talk about the elephant in the room, right? So I don't want to sugarcoat my messaging. I don't want to not talk about stress and trauma because they exist and I want to create a safe place. And business consultants oftentimes will tell, or marketing people will tell me that I shouldn't talk about it. And I, and I tell them just, you know, in my nice, you know, in my mind, it's much more profane than, you know, right. buzz off, right? But, you know, I think that um, there's a lot to be said for somebody that knows that something is going to work and sticks to it. So good on you. You showed him, huh? <laughs> Thank you. And it's funny because um, a few years later, I needed someone to do business development. So I hired him and uh, internally and then I let him go because he just wasn't cutting it and I was like that's just kind of a ironic I, irony you know just how it's like welcome Dr. Courtney thank you for joining us today thank you so much for having me Crystal it's great to be here yeah we um you know we get some pretty amazing women on this podcast and I'm so excited to hear a little bit more about your story where you came from and how you got to where you are today I mean personally me being a single mom for a period of time um, and seeing where I am today, I get, I'm super proud of myself for my accomplishments, but I think, you know, telling that story sort of over and over again, regardless of whether that's a pivotal moment or not in your life, I think that, you know, um, like we were talking about before recording, women, normal, women who perceive themselves as normal like to know that even them too could be you know, a top 100 healthcare leader or a CEO or start their own business or, you know, whatever it is, or have a family of five, whatever their goals are. So I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Well, thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's been quite the ride. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So that being said, I, you know, we haven't done much of an intro for you. So would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are, where you come from, that sort of thing? Sure. Um, so my name is Courtney Baker and I am, um, I started my adult journey as a single teenage mom and I was on Medicaid and food stamps six months after my, uh, after I graduated high school and, um, fast forward through a failed marriage to, I call it my trial marriage, um, to my first husband who was bipolar and um, put myself through college, uh, got, it, got my master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology, and decided pretty quickly um, after graduation that I was done being an undervalued employee and that that was not going to be the path that I was going to stay on for the rest of my life. And I was 28, so, you know, I knew everything because who doesn't at 28 and um, decided it was right after September 11th. It was 2003. Um, the economy was in the toilet. I had just gotten remarried and we were um, expecting uh, probably within, this was like November of 2002. And then my daughter was born in July 
of 2003. And I opened the doors of my new company on October 27th, 2003. And when we opened, it was just me with 10 little patients. Um, and I was going to do pediatric home health. So drive around all over the Dallas area, which is where I'm from. Um, to do therapy with little kids with disabilities. And today the little company that shouldn't has grown into an eight figure um, national enterprise that is um, has the privilege of having served over 50,000 children with special needs in the last 16 years. And we have about 600 employees and um, yeah, and I was named Texas Businesswoman of the Year. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. So you started up this little company. Why do you say it was a little company that shouldn't have, like it, you know, like the little train that could? Why do you say that? Yeah, because I was told by a business consultant not to do it three times. Oh, and basically, I was like, okay, well, Thanks for your opinion. I didn't ask for that. Are you going to help me or not? <laughs> and uh, he, I don't know if it was pity or he needed the money, but he was like, all right, I'll, you're not going away. So I'll, I guess I'll help you. That's amazing. So I um, just, you know, just to align with you a little bit on that, I work with organizations to build more effective workplaces and I talk about stress a lot. So, you know, we were talking again about how I have two podcasts, right? I have people, trauma and stress discussed in this one. And um, I like to talk about the elephant in the room, right? So I don't want to sugarcoat my messaging. I don't want to not talk about stress and trauma because they exist and I want to create a safe place. And business consultants oftentimes will tell, or marketing people will tell me that I shouldn't talk about it. And I, <laughs> And I tell them just, you know, in my nice, you know, in my mind, it's much more profane than, you know, right. buzz off, right? But, you know, I think that um, there's a lot to be said for somebody that knows that something is going to work and sticks to it. So good on you. You showed him, huh? <laughs> Thank you. And it's funny because um, a few years later, I needed someone to do business development. So I hired him and uh, internally and then I let him go because he just wasn't cutting it. And I was like, that's just kind of a ironic ir irony you know just how it's like well he wasn't cutting it before he didn't believe in me then and so yeah sure that's amazing <sighs> so that was you were saying that was your like um you started your adult your adult uh like sort of journey that way so mm -hmm. did you have just like you just when when so i you know my story consists of you know a lot of my, my therapist calls it um colorful experiences <laughs> really mm -hmm. nice way of saying that like I've got, gone through a lot of things but you know it sounds like you sort of at that point shifted into adulthood as a different person is that mm -hmm. is it because you were pregnant or well I think that I got pregnant because um, when I was 16 my sister so growing up my sister was four years older than I um, I am and when I was 12 she was 16 and she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she had a extremely severe progressive degenerative form of the disorder and um, I mean I would help her walk and talk and I would feed her and I would bathe her and um, when I was 16 and she was 20 she passed away very suddenly 
of a heart defect that we didn't even know she had. So she was there one day and gone the next. Um, And that was traumatic, but no one in my family and my parents were divorced and my dad had remarried and my dad raised me and no one in my family talked about it. And so, and I was an only child then. I mean, I had a stepbrother at the time. I mean, I still do, but you know, no one talked about it. And I really, um, I feel like that was the catalyst that changed the trajectory of my life um, and then got pregnant two years later. Interesting. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. You know, it's, it's one of those things and loss in any form is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard when you expect it and it's, especially hard when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to know that she was struggling with the disease and then died from something completely different is mm-hmm. had to have been pretty much a whirlwind for you emotionally, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then your family not talking about it doesn't help. Yeah. So, so you were living with your dad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then you just had to figure out how to live. Your, your, yeah. your whole world changed, right? I mean, you were taking care of your sister and then she's gone. So your purpose was different. It, your, your purpose was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, at 16, no one talks about death. So, right. you know, it's not like I had friends to go to or, um, my, you know, my family didn't really talk about it. They sent me to a therapist, but she, she was not very good. And it was like one of those lay on the couch, like, tell me your feelings and I mean just totally old school and so um yeah I mean I I had to figure out like life and I really feel like that's when um everything changed and then um you know the the trajectory, like I said, just went a totally different way. But, you know, I mean, I look at it now like I am glad that she graduated from this life early because she did not want to live that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know. You know, that, that, that's a whole nother subject. I feel like that we could have an entire podcast on, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to living with or without disease and what, you know, wishes for people and that sort of thing. It's sort of bittersweet. And I always say, you know, it's really hard when you're going through these experiences, like, you know, people don't know how to function, but then hindsight, it's, you can try to find, sometimes you can try to find the positive in something that happens. And like, why were you given that gift? of an experience instead of letting it hold you back, which it seems like you're obviously your life drastically changed and your trajectory completely shifted, mm-hmm. but you, you built something and it almost, I mean, and I guess I'd love to sort of understand like what made you get into the, the business of wanting to care for children with disabilities. And was that because of your sister? You know, it might have been subconsciously. I, uh, when I was doing my internships when I was in school, I went into the 
speech pathology field because I only wanted to deal with adults with disabilities. And when I went one semester to the VA hospital and had grown men um, who were coming in with MS, it just hit way too close to home. And I just, I was like, I can't do this. And the only other alternative was children. But I realized that I really liked the school system setting. Um, But then I liked the medical focus. So maybe subconsciously it wasn't an active choice or, or something that I thought through. But I realized, like, I just have a heart for people who have disabilities. I love that. It's such a selfless mission. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's been rewarding in a lot of different ways for you. Mm-hmm. But I always say that anybody that's trying to serve in a meaningful way will be successful regardless of what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and then actually, um, that process has changed because I still own the company and I'm still CEO, but then based on the research that I did when I was in do- my doctoral level research, I found that women in the um, in, in corporate America are more than a hundred years away from gender equality at the C level, at the highest levels of leadership. And I changed my focus to really decrease the gender gap for uh, my daughter's generations. Um, my daughters are 16 and 12, and I thought, what, what if I impacted the millennial generation through the power of entrepreneurship and helped them build and scale their service-based businesses based on my experience um, of what I've learned in business for the last 16 years? And so today, I have a program called From Side Hustle to CEO, and I help female millennial entrepreneurs start their own businesses so they can be CEOs today. I love that. <laughs> Thank so, you. Obviously. So, now, yeah. so I, I know that, um, okay, so I had a question about the other, not your company. Now I want to move on to the next one, but maybe I'll <sighs> come back to that. So the course that you have, uh, obviously the people listening to this, I'm sure their ears just perked up as well. Um, because they all want to be CEOs like myself, right? Yes. Um, so are your courses, do you work with people one-on-one? Or are they online? Like, what does that look like? I have an online course that is launching um, September 10th through the 24th. That's the, the period that it's open for. And then I'll relaunch it again in January. And um, I also do one-on-one mentorship and group men- mentorship because I, I believe in the power of um, peer learning. I think it's the most effective. I think that's Mm -hmm. amazing. And I mean, having accountability and a support system, like a community like that is awesome. And Mm -hmm. so is, and is that, um, is that course that you're offering? Is that, what is that based upon? Is it the the side hustle to CEO or is that something specific to a different part of the business? Yeah, it is from side hustle to CEO and it walks you through the entire process from 
naming your business to doing competitive analysis analyses to um, filing for your entity and doing market research based on your you know your competition and your customers like your ideal identifying your ideal client all the way to hiring and scaling but and it sounds overwhelming but it's only five modules and it's pretty in-depth because there's not a lot of fluff right which is what a lot of people get caught up in when you think about coaching right is the fluff mm -hmm. piece of it and I think you know if people are getting um, getting down to the nitty-gritty it should only be five modules mm -hmm. and, and it is and it's um, there's worksheets and then also there's the accountability piece of we have a module drops a week each week and then we have weekly calls as well Q&A calls so that's the accountability piece as, as well so you're not just out there floundering trying to figure it out on your own that's amazing and the accountability calls are as long as they need to be you know it's not like I'm, I'm timing it and I've got an hour and then I check out I mean my heart is really to see women succeed and and navigate this life knowing their worth is really my my why and that comes from your research from when you got your doctorate mm -hmm. yeah i um so the the piece about women being a hundred years away from gender equality was right. a study that was done from mckinsey along with lean in and my research looked at what are the obstacles that women face when climbing the corporate ladder um, or advancing their career no matter what industry. And I found that there are four main obstacles that women go through when, um, when they're growing their careers. And the first one is family obligations. I mean, you and I were just talking about, you know, it, it takes a village to raise little, little Indians, you know, it's like, it, there yeah, it's not easy. And so, you know, we've got family obligations. And then the second one was limited advancement opportunities. And the third factor that women face are gender is gender-based discrimination. And I, I went into my research thinking and believing that it was going to be um, the good old boys club that was holding women back. And there are still bubbas out there. I, don't get me wrong, but it's actually three facet three facets of gender-based discrimination. It's stereotypes. It's men, but it's also more women talked about women holding them back than men. And um, the lack of mentorship is just, it's, it's sad because women don't have the experience to typically, you know, some don't have the experience at that highest levels of leadership to be able to turn around and help other women on their journeys. And um, and then we have this mentality, some of us, that, um, well, I had to go the hard way, you do too. And, you know, that's why we're never going to make it for 100 years, because we're, we're not helping each other on that journey. And then the fourth challenge that I found was that 50% of women, even at the C-level, 
struggled with confidence and lack of confidence. And then when I took that research and looked at women outside of um, the top levels of leadership and, and all levels of leadership, that number rose to nearly 80%. And so I, I thought, you know, what can I do to help them create strategies to get beyond these four challenges and um, become CEOs today? And so that's, that's why that's my, my, because. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's so funny because I, you know, I'm aware of the research and the stats and stuff, but just to hear it all together from someone who is in your position um, just makes it all more meaningful and relevant, you know, and it's awesome to know a woman that is taking your journey and you're using that to help cultivate the confidence in the women to be our next leaders. So Mm -hmm. my daughter appreciates it too. So thank you. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I realize that it's kind of like that whole starfish, you know, the man on the the ocean throwing the starfish in, and it's like, you don't know what your ripple effect is. And what can I say that I would be doing this if I didn't have daughters? Probably not because it wouldn't be relevant to me, you know, but I do have daughters. So what am I going to do to change that for, for their generation and beyond? Right. Amazing. Well, you know what? We're actually coming up on time, mm-hmm. Dr. Baker. So I thank you so much for sharing everything that you have, including, you know, the story about your sister. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, where can people find you? So my website is CourtneyBaker.com, or you could also find me at uh, FromSideHustleToCEO.com. I'm going to be checking it out for the record. <laughs> um, and if you want to find me uh, and Heidi for making up her story, you can check us out on Twitter at of her story and Facebook and Instagram at making of her story. If you know of anybody that you want to have featured on our show, please feel free to reach out to us. We are, uh, we, we, we find everybody fascinating, so you will not be disappointed. Thanks again, Dr. Baker. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you.